three can keep a secret if two of them are dead. Have You Seen Me seamlessly picks up where Gossip Girl leaves off, but with more sex, more lies, and more dead bodies a la How to Get Away with Murder and You. When a coveted member of a group of entitled yet ambitious 20-somethings goes missing, their deadly secret is threatened to be exposed. But the real question is, who will be next? Read Have You Seen Me by creator Candy Washington on Amazon Kindle Vela or listen and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Chapter 6, She's the Only One with a Motive Seriously, where the F are you? Molly's text yelled at me as my body refused to budge from the sticky seat. Thoughts of the togas and Tierra's party would just have to wait as I couldn't put off going to the candlelight vigil any longer. Literally two minutes away. Chill out. I lied again. It was starting to become a habit. Fifteen minutes later my car and I found our way to the ritzy restaurant that was hosting the vigil. As expected, an overly eager valet guy with a huge goofy grin swapped places with me as I smoothed out my damp hair and wrinkled blouse. Scurrying into the restaurant, I made my way to the exclusive outdoor patio and was greeted with a huge picture of Ginny's immaculate face firmly placed on a wooden easel. A chill tickled its way down my spine when my eyes caught hers. It felt like she was there with me. Or perhaps, it more felt like she was there, somewhere, watching me. I willed myself not to pick at the open scab surrounding my fingernail. It was beckoning to me. Asking me to fall into it so that I didn't have to feel the way I always felt. Numb. Empty. Pretending. As my thoughts raced and my eyes darted from one concerned yet hopeful looking face to the next. I felt the familiar warmth of Molly's embrace around my waist. Finally. My sweet girl is here. She purred into my ear. I could smell on her that she had already transitioned from the rosé to the vodka and I was eagerly ready to join her. Whipping myself around my weak arms wrapped themselves around her tiny waist. It was just the two of us now. The one year anniversary of Ginny's disappearance made all of this real. The suffocating feeling that she might be really gone and that we might never all be together again strangled me. Not wanting to face reality and still embraced, we beelined to the open bar. Even under morbid circumstances, the Goddards knew how to throw a party. With a shot of top-shelf tequila swimming down my throat and into my belly, I steadied myself. To chase it, Molly and I had fresh gin and tonics with a splash of lime in hand, while scanning the candlelight vigil attendees. Old friends, beloved family members, long-lost classmates, cordial co-workers, and well-meaning strangers were drinking, talking, and exchanging conspiracy theories about what they thought really happened to Jenny. Some believed that she was off sunning herself and drinking champagne on someone's yacht in Belize, taking a delayed gap year, and would somehow one day saunter back into our lives, laughing at how worried we'd all had been. Others thought that her disappearance was just some stunt. A childish cry for attention. But after a few months had passed, no one really believed in that theory anymore. Then there was the group of people who thought that it was her boyfriend, Brock. Boyfriends and husbands are always the first suspects, right? We can't leave out the folks that thought perhaps the Goddard's old family money had been ill-gotten and that the disappearance of their coveted firstborn daughter was just someone's way of exacting revenge. 
leveling out the karmic books of give and take. But then there was what I thought had happened to Jenny. What I knew had happened to her. But that, my dear friends, will have to wait. Don't wait to spoil the surprise for you all just yet. Already halfway through my cocktail, Molly's bony elbow started to nudge its way up and down my rib cage as she slyly tried to secretly get my attention. Heads up. Patricia's on her way over, she whispered through gritted teeth. At that, we both downed the remaining gin and tonic that had been swirling in our glasses and then plastered on our best, so happy to see you but not under these circumstances face that we could muster while instinctually smoothing out our clothes and hair. Mrs. Goddard stood tall and regal, even in the midst of her pain and grief. The pearls that were dangling around her delicate neck looked to be the same as the one that Ginny was wearing in her Have You Seen Me? Photos. A sweet and silent homage to her missing daughter. A piece of Ginny that she could carry with her. The all-black tailored Chanel dress that she wore fit her like a glove with sleek black Louboutins to match. She clung to her black leather purse, as inside it held her lifeline, Xanax. Her blonde hair with its beautiful light gray streaks was pinned perfectly into a tight bun without a single strand out of place. Even the sharpness of her high cheekbones mimicked Ginny's. A melancholic glimpse into what Ginny would have looked like she had been afforded the luxury to grow old. Hi, Patricia. Hope you've been well. I mean, not well. But like, um. I hope you've been doing okay. My lips folded themselves into a half-smile and frown as I nervously stammered along trying to piece together a complete sentence. Hi Molly, it's always such a pleasure to see you. I know that Ginny, my darling daughter, would be so appreciative that you're here. With her frothy gaze floating through me, the words that flowed from her mouth seemed to be as hollow as her eyes. Molly and I exchanged uncomfortable glances as Patricia was blatantly ignoring my existence. Apparently, her open disdain for me had not waned over the past year. It had been clear that she never believed that I wasn't involved in Ginny's disappearance. That somehow, I was to blame for her daughter not being here. You see, Patricia had always pretended that she was accepting of her daughter befriending the scholarship kid. It made for a great photo op at the galas, fundraisers, and press tours. But underneath the forced smiles and chilly embraces, her underlying toxic elitism brewed. And now, with nothing to hold her back, her true self had broken through her philanthropic facade. She's the only one with a motive. Patrick. She's the only one who had something against our daughter. The mixture of tequila and gin had made its way to my head and I was unsure if what I was hearing was real or only audible in my head. I rubbed my throbbing temples and as Patricia's shrill voice echoed throughout the corners of my mind, I realized that it was just a memory. Seeing her now and her frigid demeanor toward me had evoked a buried memory of her screaming at the top of her lungs at her husband when we had first realized that Ginny was nowhere to be found. We had all gathered at the Goddard estate to make a game plan to find her and the Goddards had stepped into a study down the corridor for privacy but her shrieking voice invaded the entire home. The memory of her voice. Of her accusations. Calling me, the only one. What she had really meant was that I was the only one who didn't have money and means. I was the only one that didn't have wealth and access. I was the only one that wasn't privileged. Therefore, I must have been the only one of her friends with a motive to have wanted Ginny gone. 
my inherent jealousy must have driven me to it. But the other very important detail that Patricia left out during her rage-filled rant was that she knew that I wasn't the only one that had something against Jenny. She knew that Jenny had recently betrayed me. In one of the deepest and most cutthroat ways that a friend can betray another. She knew that I wasn't the only one that she had knifed in the back. When she had betrayed me, she had also betrayed Brock. And Brock was a Harrington, and nobody betrays a Harrington. We all silently knew the truth, but none of us dared to speak it. The truth is, I'm far from the only one in our coveted little circle, and beyond, that had more than a motive for wanting our precious little Jenny gone. For wanting her silenced. But we'll get to that later, I promise. And I'm sure by now you're wondering, how did Jenny betray you? What did she do to Brock? But before we go too far deep into that rabbit hole I'd rather go back to my delicious memories of Artoga's and Tierra's party as I'm sure that you're still curious about which number I got and what happened next. Wanna find out? Hey everyone, it's me, Candy, and I'm the creator of Have You Seen Me. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share this podcast. Join us over on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Amazon Kindle Bella. Everything is linked below, and I'll see you next time. Three can keep a secret if two of them are dead. Have You Seen Me seamlessly picks up where Gossip Girl leaves off, but with more sex, more lies, and more dead bodies a la How to Get Away with Murder and You. When a coveted member of a group of entitled yet ambitious 20-somethings goes missing, their deadly secret is threatened to be exposed. But the real question is, who will be next? Read Have You Seen Me by creator Candy Washington on Amazon Kindle Vela or listen and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts.